Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are having one of my favorite topics, and that's mindfulness in the month of May. And that might be for your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional part of you, but why mindfulness will really be your superpower. And my guest today is Christine Cohen. She's a New York City-based registered dietitian and a fitness specialist, and we all need those. We know that. Through helping people learn how to train their bodies in the gym to become physically strong, she helps to empower them become mentally and emotionally strong to impact any area of their life. Now, she does this through seminars, personal training, online coaching, nutrition coaching, accountability training, body fat and metabolic seminars. But through it all, she's interested in providing value and helping people to meet the best version of themselves. And we're going to talk about her business, her podcast, and everything she does. And Christine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm excited to be here. Now, fitness is something that I'm not going to say I've struggled with it in my life because I've actually, you know, I've fitness is really, really important to me. But one thing that I have learned is that the mental part of my fitness journey can always be a challenge if I don't learn to, you know, pay attention to it, I guess not control it, but pay attention to it. Because once you let that kind of get out of, you know, a little bit out of control, it can really impact you. So I can't wait to learn more from you. But tell I hit the highlights of your bio, tell us a little bit more about you and your business and how you help people to shock their fitness potential by really capturing uh, some attention on their mindfulness. Absolutely, yeah. So I actually um, call myself now a mental health dietitian. Ooh, I like it. Because I guide people to healing the root cause of their depression, their anxiety that lies underlying um, Mm -hmm. in the body. So the physiological root causes that are impacting, negatively impacting our mental health. And that can be a diagnosed depression, anxiety disorder, or it can just be you just chronically don't feel well. You just chronically feel off mentally, you're stressed, frustrating deal with kind of like these norms now that we've just all accepted is like normal it's normal to feel anxious and really low in your mood and low energy on a regular Mm -hmm. basis and spoiler alert it's common but it's not normal right and the where the role that fitness or how i usually refer to it now is movement plays in your mental health is so incredibly powerful that if at this point now in my journey, uh, the way I like to kind of even talk about it is if you're just thinking that exercise is to burn calories, exercise is to change how you look, you're not only missing the boat, like you're missing the fleet because that is such a small factor when it comes to 
how we feel every single day. And yeah. I know this because I experienced this. I mm -hmm. struggled with depression and anxiety through the majority of my 20s. And without really knowing how at that time, I healed myself naturally. Mm. Well, yeah. And a couple things. I'm taking notes like crazy. First of all, I love the fact that you say we might be talking about some of these things as if they're normal, but let's be clear, it's not normal. It just might be common. And I think that's really important. I remember when people first started talking about, um, oh, oh gosh, like rheumatoid arthritis and, and uh, um, chronic fatigue syndrome. And, and I remember people thinking, oh, those are just fads. And I remember at that time thinking, no, there's something else, you know, there's something else behind all this because people don't just decide they're going to be exhausted all the time. Nobody would do that to themselves, you know, just out of the blue, mm. but, um, it is, it is important that we take into account how our fitness, the role that fitness plays, but we are, I think as a society, really, really hooked on the concept of just doing it to be the right weight be the right size and to look the way you want to do. How do you help people, you know, how did you go through that journey yourself to find some peace in that, but also to find some power over it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it played such a role, pivotal role in my life that there's a clear like before and after for me. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness plays a ginormous role in that where I had no mindfulness <laughs> when it came to mental health. You know, mm -hmm. I was like one of those people I remember in college, it was very easy for me to just go and work out, go for a run, go to a yoga class, go and whatever, lift some weights in the gym. Um, but it was always from the perspective of I need to look fit. I want to look fit. I want to look, you know, good. I want to look small. You know, I want to have muscle. But it was always like, how can I get myself to look smaller um, on some level? So everything, all my health choices were about aesthetics. Everything I put into my body was about aesthetics. Everything that I chose to do for exercise was about aesthetics. And for zero other reason, there was just no connection. I didn't even... I knew of mental illness and that it was a thing, but I didn't know that mental health was also a thing and that yeah. I didn't realize until I lost my mental health. Essentially, I started struggling with my own mental health. Ironically, the same year that I started working as a personal trainer and a dietitian, my first job out of you know dietitian school internship, and I started to decline. Not only did I gain about 30 pounds in like a few months of starting this job, but I started to become a shell of myself, exhausted, mm -hmm. isolating myself, um, overwhelmed, just getting tons and tons of like sleeping all the time, but never feeling rested, um, mm -hmm. anxious, depressed, you know, and it was scary as well as I felt very much like a fraud going to work because really? I was like, I can't even help myself feel better, look better. And I'm supposed to help people do that at work. Like it was a very big shame spiral of time yeah. at that time for me. And what I had known about depression and anxiety at that time, this was about 10 years ago now, I got from the schooling of pharmaceutical commercials. That's oh. that's what I knew. I knew <laughs> what they told me, which was depression is a genetic disorder. You 
are going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. And it is a chemical imbalance in your brain. And really the only way to treat it is to manage it with medication and therapy. Mm-hmm. And that reality of me like accepting that was, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that I sort of ran the other way and I was like, I'm, I can figure this out on my own. Like, this is not what I have. I am just going to go on a harder diet or I'm just going to act like do a boot camp or something like that. Meanwhile, yeah. I had no energy to do any of that. I maybe <laughs> would do, I remember like, you know, I'm going to cut out carbs. Just like you'd go to your go-tos, right? Like oh, I'm going to yeah. diet really hard and that's going to make me feel better. But like I could barely last a day doing that before I was yeah. binge eating at the end of the day, I would burn myself out doing a really hard workout and not be able to do it again for months. Like all of my healthy habits out the window um, could not even keep up with with any of it. Yeah. Um, Interesting as you're talking, because uh, I have a similar story and um, not from I didn't have that as my career, but I. when I, by the time I understood that I had depression and that I, I, I don't, I used to say suffered from now I say live with, um, I thought there was only the solution of medication. And the first time I ever had took medication was, uh, after my father had passed away. And it was very helpful during that time because I, I could not even hardly get out of bed. And so it got me to a new point, but what was really interesting to me is that my whole life I have, um, been hypoglycemic. And blood sugar was, a. I didn't really understand what would go on, but I would know that when my blood sugar dropped, then I would, you know, have a loss of energy. I would have a loss of focus. Sometimes there were times that I, you know, I mean, I could hardly move. Um, I remember one time sitting on the kitchen floor in my twenties and uh, I knew that if I got cheese out of the fridge, that would help me because cheese always helped, but I couldn't even move to the fridge. Mm, And uh, What I found then, I don't know what possessed me. I think it was because I didn't want to spend my whole life on, on uh, antidepressants that I started to really work on my diet. And once I figured out how to manage my uh, protein intake in the day and manage my sugar levels more consistently, I have not suffered from depression. I know how to live with it. I understand when, uh, when things are turning, which usually is when my diet and my exercise is off. Mm. And then I, those are, those are now wake up calls for me to say, okay, wait a minute, you've been working too hard. And it's, and it is, it's freeing in a lot of ways, but it's, it takes it, you got to look at it from a different perspective and you've got to work on it all the time. It's not, there's no fix. There's no pill for it when you choose it to live a healthy lifestyle, but it also, you know, it's got a great fix. It just takes more attention. Mm -hmm. Food. This is a great quote by um, Anne Wigmore, I think her name is, but food can be the greatest medicine or the slowest form of poison uh, oh, for yeah. our bodies That's That's and our minds. Yeah, yeah, it's it's powerful. It really, it reaches you. And I actually um, like don't encourage people to go on diets for weight loss, for a, a desire to change their aesthetics because mm-hmm. it just continues to perpetuate diet culture and lead you back to the same place 95 percent of diets don't work meaning people gain the weight back yeah afterwards um but there are powerful things that you can do and shift inside of 
what you're putting into your body when it comes to nutrition and also mm -hmm. the choice to not put certain things into your body that are going to add to the stress load on your system. And now a lot of research is showing that depression is an inflammatory disorder where inflammatory markers are shown to be higher in people experiencing depression. And those markers come down when they reduce the stress um, that they are putting on their system. And what when it comes to nutrition, there are foods like ultra processed foods, of course, refined sugars, mm -hmm. Um, processed seed oils, but then there are also foods that are healthy foods that are just continuing to stress your system because of food sensitivities and because of leaky gut, because mm -hmm. of other things like that. And so I help someone really discover for themselves what is helping you feel better and yeah. what is contributing to you feeling worse. And we do that with nutrition. We do do it with movement, of course. We do it with other practices as well in your life. And then if somebody needs to go deeper, because for some of us, we do need to go deeper, that we do need to understand maybe there is an, a nutrient imbalance that's happening that's directly contributing to our mental health symptoms, like often high copper, low zinc, um, amino acid imbalances, all of these, uh, like vitamin B12, vitamin B6, all of these are directly the raw ingredients that make up our neurotransmitters, that make up our feel-good brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine and GABA. And if we don't have those raw materials or it's some, somewhere along the route, they're getting mm -hmm. disrupted, we're not able to innately make those, those things that help us feel our best. That's really interesting. Um, are there ways to test for that, for nutrient imbalances? Or do you just do it by a, a you know, kind of a, a process of introduction and or decretion? Um, so when it comes to the practice of functional medicine, we look at the whole person and lab work can be data that we also look at, but we never just like diagnose with labs or make recommendations off of labs. It has to be the symptoms and how that person is presenting, like the, the symptoms that they're having. So I ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I ask a lot of questions and I have my clients fill out a lot of questionnaires to gather that information, but there are lab tests that can test uh, your um, nutrient balance for specific vitamins, for specific minerals. Um, some of them are blood work, some of them are urine, some of them. So yeah, there mm. we can get into it mm -hmm, for sure. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny because, you know, there's been times in my life that I've taken different B vitamins and I can't tell you which one right now, because I don't know why, you know, I'd read something go, oh, hey, I'm going to take that one for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> We've all, We've all done it. We've all done it. That one sounds you know? good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I haven't taken B anything for a while. And it, I always felt a little bit better on it. I don't know why I never kept taking it. I can't, like I said, I can't tell you which ones I was taking, but you know, there's something to be said about that. Interesting. I just want to give you credit for this short anecdote that you shared about <clears throat> your hypoglycemia because we do all have an innate ability to heal and it's really about ultimately like the most foundational level of what i help people with is learning to come back to their body learning to come home to their body learning to understand their body to trust their body to partner with their body instead of 
pushing away, resisting, numbing, you know, disconnecting. And mm -hmm. what you discovered on your own is possible for a yeah. lot of us. Yeah, I agree. Once, once I learned that, not that I always practice it the best, but I know, I know enough now that I don't have those shaky moments, maybe once a year instead of three times a week. Yeah. And that has made such a huge That's difference. That's a huge difference. Life. Actually, anxiety and panic attacks um, happen when people are hungry. Like the majority of them happen when people are undernourished. And it's very rare to have an anxiety or panic attack on like a full stomach after you just ate. And that's due to blood sugar. And blood sugar imbalance is one of the first things I address with people who experience anxiety, who experience mood swings, who experience um, irritability and stuff like that. We balance out your blood sugar. Huh. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I never thought about that before at all, but it makes a lot of sense. Huh. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, Go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Christine Cohen. And I, I'm so thankful that, uh, that we're having this conversation because I think it's really important um, that, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little something with you too. And I, I'm only sharing it because I know my mother will not listen to my podcast. So every once in a while, I tell stories that my son wouldn't want me to be telling, but he'll never listen to my podcast. And my mother will not. My mom is about to turn 90 years old. Oh, wow. And a couple, couple years ago, not even a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half, I was, uh, I was saying to my husband, cause I was back on another, you know, I'm going to get fit again and I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to do this. And I actually, for the first time in my life ever, um, when I was in 2020, I hit the highest weight I'd ever been, except for when I was pregnant, when my son just turned 31. Um, and so it really was, you know, I was dealing with a lot of, you know, bad feelings about myself with that. So I worked with somebody and I dropped 20 pounds and then I stopped and I gained it back. And I've never done that. I've never lost that much weight. I've never gained that much back. Then I lost like 15 pounds and I gained it back. And I said to my husband, I said, I don't want to be like my mother 
who is almost 90 years old, who is still trying to lose 15 pounds. Mm. Like this has got to stop with me. I'm going to stop. And so the last um, few months I've been, you know, just approaching things differently. But even two weeks ago, I said, I'm not getting on the scale anymore. I know when my pants don't fit (laughs) and I refuse to buy bigger pants. So that's going to be back in my measure because I'm still, even if I'm still getting on the scale, I'm still trying to do something that's for the scale. And so I'm using this example to maybe dive down and have you talk a little bit more about mindset and mindfulness about this, because it is hard to, you know, our entire society has trained us to believe we need to be a certain weight. We need to be a certain fitness. We need to, you know, be all these things. The mindset is really hard to break that, that that should be the driver of what we're doing. Yeah, it is. It is. And when we realize, wow, our thoughts and our beliefs are really have been like indoctrinated into us um, and they're running the show and it's making us make all these choices that's still not giving us what we truly want, which is not necessarily the number on the scale to change, but about how we let ourselves feel how free and giving ourselves permission to feel how we imagine we're going to feel when that number says the number that we desire it to be, or when we look in the mirror and we see a body that we think is acceptable. And so when you start to shift your mindset around not letting the results control how you feel, but instead choosing how you feel despite the current reality or the current situation, you are going to be inspired to do actions that you were not inspired to take before. So let me kind of make this a little bit clearer. So if somebody is continuing to come back to changing what they eat and changing, you know, like working out because they're trying to get to their body to change, they're going to just continue to go to their different actions, different mechanisms. I'm going to try a different diet. I'm going to cut out carbs. I'm going to eat carbs at 6.59, but not at 7.02. And I am going to, you know, like eat more vegetables and, oh, I'm going to add fermented foods because I heard that's good and yada, 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 right? Like mm-hmm. they're just continuing to try all these other different mechanisms. But this, the motivation behind it is I need to look better. I need to change. I'm not good enough at where I am. Mm -hmm. But when you allow yourself to feel good enough where you are, or at least like, it's okay that I feel like shit. Like, it's okay that I'm here. Um, And at the same time, I do want to expand. I do want to feel the joy. I like, I want to be able to experience a day where I have a ton of energy and I wake up excited about the day and I'm, I'm able to spend it with my kids or whatever, do something that makes me feel alive, like go on a hike or I don't know, whatever passion you're interested in um, and letting yourself be passionate about that thing. Mm-hmm. You start to be driven by different motivators. You start to naturally want to make changes in your life that don't feel like I have to do this or I should do this, but like, I want to do this because it just Mm -hmm. feels really good. It just Mm -hmm. makes me feel like my favorite versions of myself. And that is such an intrinsically different experience than when you are kind of letting these outside circumstances or shoulds um, dictate what you do in your day and how you live your life. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. 
Um, eight years ago, my husband and I, and one of my brother-in-laws did a tough mutter. And we had, my husband and I had been, you know, we had been working out, we were doing P90X, we were really fit. I, and we had so much fun. We had so much fun doing the thing. I mean, we were all really nervous for it. Um, but I remember the point where I was climbing over this like 15 foot wall with the rope with the knots in it. Nice. And I got to the top <laughs> of it and I was like, look at me. Oh my God. I was, I, uh, that was, that's the moment I remember sitting at the top of the thing going, I just climbed a 15 foot wall. Like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, so to your point, uh, as I've been trying to make this shift again, the last couple months, we are actually doing another Tough Mudder this uh, July. That's awesome and that you guys do it together. And I'm so excited. And actually we have another one of uh, my brother-in-laws and his wife are going to do it with us this time too. So it'll be a bigger group. So it's such a, you know, it's just such a it's sense of, te of team, but it's such mm. a sense of, I'm really excited about it this time because I also know now that I've done it, that if there's one that I don't think I can do, cause you know, I'm not good at monkey bars and things I can walk around that one. <laughs> But, but we also, I remember, cause it was about, it, you know, it's about 10 miles of running, you know, in between 20 obstacles, you know, you do, you know, a mile or so between each one. And we didn't know when we passed seven miles, I thought we were like, it's still a mile four. And mm -hmm. just that joy to your point, I think it was it, I'm starting to get that excitement again, because it was, it's not about doing it now to hit a certain weight on the scale. It's about wanting to have that great feeling of success mm -hmm. and that sense of team and something else. And you're right. And when you replace the scale or the size of pants with something else, then you're going to continue to have positive uh, motivators that you're going to continue to go after. Exactly. Exactly. And I help people to really tap into the, the power of movement on your mental health because mm -hmm. The, the truth is, the reality is, the science shows that it's not just, you know, a placebo effect. Movement, exercise actually um, creates an antidepressant effect mm -hmm. in our brain and body that is actually like even more powerful. Like it actually impacts the same brain chemicals that antidepressant pharmaceuticals are designed to and others. And it makes... Yeah. Um, it can actually help our brains grow and it really does even in one session it it can lift your mood it can release stress and it's just about connecting those dots so you feel a compounding effect over time and when you use movement instead of like i'm going to move my body because i want to lose weight versus i want to i want to go out and move today because i want to feel more like myself yeah those are two really different things and especially when i'm working with the depression an anxiety population, it could be really hard just to get out of bed, let alone like do the thing. Mm -hmm. And so how do you start where you are? How do you let yourself have a bare minimum um, goal that just helps you in one little bit? So like I would just start off doing five minutes of something or yeah. like walk around the block or just like go up and down the stairs, like, you know, do something in bed. It doesn't even, you don't have to leave. So it's, it's really about helping yourself connect to that and then creating momentum, even if it's the smallest bit, but, um, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, um, I know we're almost out of time, but I want to make sure that we also give you a little opportunity to talk briefly about your podcast. Can you talk a little bit about oh, sure. your Wake Up Your Warrior podcast? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Wake Up Your Warrior podcast was born out of kind of what we've been talking about today, which is when you hear other people's stories and you hear that it's possible to do something that you didn't think was possible, especially when it comes to mental health, it lets it, it gives you the hope that maybe you can also feel different. So it's people coming on, sharing their stories of how natural solutions, whether that's movement, whether that is changing their nutrition, whether that's discovering a nutrient imbalance, um, using cold showers, anything, <laughs> um, has impacted their <laughs> mental health in some way. And I also bring on experts where we talk a little bit more about the science, the latest research, and uh, what's going on in the mental health world when it comes to functional medicine and neuroscience, because there's just so much um, that's putting the power back into our hands that we can really help ourselves with. And I want people to listen and feel like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like she, she was able to change her life for the better by doing that. Like that's giving me a little bit of hope that maybe if, you know, I can do it too. And so, um, yeah, it's a place for people to go to, to help empower them. I love it. Well, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your podcast, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Instagram at christine.cohen is where I hang out. Come say hi, DM me. I'd love to just chat. Awesome. Um, before we go, you've already given us a lot to think about, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Um, I would just say learning to listen to the messages that your body is sending you, whether that's a whisper or a scream. Um, it's trying to tell you that something is off and learning to interpret that language is I think one of the greatest things that we can learn um, to connect with ourselves. Absolutely. And that's such a, a, a poignant way to say whether it's a whisper or a scream, our bodies are telling us things to, just depends on whether or not we're going to listen. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure learning more about what you do and getting to know you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this podcast as a whole. It's really a amazing thing that you're doing. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.